0: Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, in honor of our one year of Shonen Flop, we're talking about Zipman again. And we're joined by our guest, Jake from the Morphin Grid.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: It is such a pleasure. Pretty sure I almost said the Morphin Grind, so I'm really proud of myself for not mispronouncing your podcast as our first time meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Jake, do you mind giving the audience like a little bit like your elevator pitch of who you are?
1: I'm a a podcaster, primarily now. Talk about Power Rangers and Pokemon and do a couple actual plays. That's pretty much all of it currently.
2: Heck yeah. I actually once uh, submitted fan art to you guys for uh, use in a zine. Oh, God.
1: The zine was so long ago. I feel like we were still in Mighty Morphin, which we've been doing the Morphin Grid for seven and a half years almost. So that was uh, quite some time ago.
2: Whoa, that's like. 10 times as long as Shonen film. <laughs> I want to say you guys were at In Space at the time. Okay. Which is, you know, the best one.
1: I don't know if it's the best one because Time Force is also very, very good, but it is uh, certainly up there.
2: Time Force does kind of kick ass. I, w- I will give you that. Yeah. I just remember Time Force. I think it was
0: where like one of the guys was like at a work meeting. He's like, this is boring. And the butler was just like, well, that's why they call them board meetings. As an eight year old, I was like, that is the height of writing
1: nothing will get funnier than this
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it hasn't
1: i think that's like the first episode too
0: (laughs) there you go yeah (laughs) my other distinctive power rangers memory is like they're like why can't we just always fight enemies with the zords and then someone was just like it just doesn't work like that and then they just never explained it further
1: so the very first episode after they get Power Rangers powers uh, Zordon the big hit in the tube is like "All right, there's three rules number one can't use your powers for personal gain they do that all the time (laughs) two you can't tell anyone your secret identities that is also um, sometimes it's a rule sometimes it's a guideline sometimes nobody tells anyone about it and it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and then three you can't escalate a battle before the bad guys do so that's like the only thing they give you as to why they don't start in the Megazord and step on the monster right away
0: so they really could have just made like a really strong but really small enemy, and they're just like, oh, regulations, man, and they just get their ass beat right that is more
2: or less what happens though every single time when you think about it because like they know whenever they deal with a monster they're gonna have to probably end with a megazord fight
1: oh yeah yeah it falls
2: apart when you think about it more but i mean that's also (laughs) literally everything in power rangers kind of falls apart if you think about it too much
1: oh yeah it's a show for babies so yeah
2: (laughs) but
0: you know what one series that actually does make a little bit more sense than you would actually think at first glance not vampires not vampires no gary oldman again still waiting for him to be on the show but i was personally thinking Zipman. so let's shift <laughs> yes. things to the manga details the creator of this series was yusaku shibata who was an assistant for both one piece and my hero academia which to be honest i don't really see the one piece influence but the my hero academia especially in art style and like the hands and stuff is oh, yeah. extremely apparent
2: I totally agree, his work does not really remind me of Oda at all, but yeah, it definitely reminds me of My Hero Academia, maybe a little bit looser, maybe that's a little Mm -hmm. bit of the One Piece influence, things are a little bit bendier here than they are in My Hero Academia, but nowhere near as much as they are in One Piece, definitely.
1: There's one specific page later on that I'm like, this looks like it was right out of One Piece, and that's the only time I ever thought about One Piece.
0: Was it the big booby lady? I think it might have been
2: with her.
1: She throws like a flail, and the way it bounces, I was like, I feel like Luffy would do that with his hand.
2: You know what? I will give you the big booby lady. That is definitely how Oda draws big boobs.
1: He's got the two ways to draw women.
2: Yep. (laughs) Old lady or you got Nami clone.
1: Yep. I watched, uh, I mean, I am currently not like actively watching it. I have taken a break because I just watched like maybe 50 episodes in a row recently. I got right past Eni's lobby.
0: That's one of the best arcs.
1: God, it was so good. i just crying the whole time.
0: Yeah. What if I told you after that is not a good arc, (laughs) then a really good arc, and then an arc that's even better than Annie's Lobby?
1: I'm excited for that because I would be sad if it peaked so early (laughs) with with Annie's (laughs) Lobby.
0: Arc after Annie's Lobby is Thriller Bark, and that was really Oda kind of phoning it in because you could just tell he was really burnt out after doing a mega arc like that. Sure. But here's the thing. Oda phoning it in is still like a 7 out of 10. (laughs)
1: Right, it still seems like it's pretty good
0: yeah the funniest moment in all of one piece happens in thriller bark
1: it's pretty great yeah there are
2: some moments in thriller bark that are some of the best shit in all of one piece but overall the arc is definitely not one of the best me and david argue about thriller bark all the fucking time <laughs> <laughs> but anyway just to wrap up the manga details because we're
0: already having fun so he also created a one shot called zippo which was a pilot for Zipman, which i had a note last year when we did this episode it wasn't translated so to be honest i forgot to check to see if they have translated since then it's kind of set in like a similar vibe but like none of the characters are carry over it's about a police officer and then okay. he actually though currently is working so this is an interesting update that he has a manga out right now that he wasn't doing when we did the first episode really oh he is doing a dragon quest series called dragon quest dino Daibukin. Yuusha Avan to goken no mao and so that has been going on for David, I want to congratulate you. I think you did a good job. Oh, well, thank you. I'm just so used to Jordan shitting on me in pronunciation. (laughs) By the way, Jake, we had this awesome dude, Tucker, who sends us pronunciation guides. So shout out to you, Tucker, even though that actually wasn't something in his guide because I forgot to ask him for how to pronounce it. (laughs) But everything else, uh, if we say it properly, is thanks to Tucker's hard work. And so, yeah, so that series is currently ongoing. So it's a Dragon Quest spinoff. He is doing just the art, not the writing, which I think is probably for the best. Yeah, because this dude definitely is someone that could really create a really fantastic series if he were with a writer instead of having to do both parts.
2: Yeah, we'll talk more about the art as we go forward. But yeah, if you're gonna give this guy one job, absolutely give him the job of artist. Like, And then uh, just
0: to wrap up the details, this ran from December 2nd, 2019 to April 6th, 2020, and it ran for 17 chapters and two volumes, which, as we have found out, is about average, maybe two or three chapters shorter, because a lot of them are usually three volumes, but this is not, like, an especially short length for the kinds of series we cover in the show.
1: Okay.
2: It feels a little shorter than average, Oh, the chapters
0: go fast, but...
1: They are really quick reads.
2: Most of the series that make it past 20 are far worse than Zitman,
0: I will say. (laughs) Phantom Seer was like 22 or something, right?
1: Oh, I liked Phantom Seer.
2: (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. We really did not. Really? We really did
1: not. Oh, I liked Phantom Seer a lot. (laughs) It ended so weirdly. It was like going and then they were like, oh, by the way, it's done now. Uh, And I was like, okay.
0: That's pretty normal of these series that we read. Double Arts was like, and that's all the time we have. All right, see you later. This
2: such a series is done and there's no resolution. (laughs) My favorite thing that happens, Guardian the Witch did this where it was just like, uh, yeah, so four years later, it's like, um, okay, yeah, we solved everything. Hey, what's up? (laughs) We did it. Uh, Don't worry about it. We did it, everybody.
0: (laughs) Though, speaking of manga plots, why don't we turn it to actually going into the plot of this manga? Yes. Jordan, why don't you take us away with your plot summary of Zipman? Again, actually this is your first time because I wrote it in the first episode so Jordan, this is your first
2: ever time writing the plot summary for Zipman. I'm excited, here we go. 17 year old super genius Koshiro Tatara has suddenly died, leaving behind a legacy of technological advancement. His twin brother Kaname, meanwhile, has been training his whole life to play the role of a superhero named Jackman, but every time he goes to audition, he's turned down because he looks terrifying and is told to play the villain instead. Koname. And Koshiro have been competing for the affections of a childhood friend named Shina, and when a giant robot suddenly appears and puts her in danger, a super suit with a huge zipper and his dead brother's voice arrives for Kaname to put on. Koshiro's soul has been imprisoned in the Zip Suit, and by wearing it, the two transform into the superhero Zip Man and defeat the giant robot. Soon, other enemies with Zip Suits start appearing, having been given them by the mysterious Chairman. After defeating a magical girl Zip Suit called Cutie Charm, Kaname learns that by taking their zippers and attaching them to his own suit, he can take their powers like Mega Man. Kaname's high school is then taken over by a group of Zip Suits who want to be heroes Heroes, but they are all defeated by Zipman. The last enemy, however, is able to rip Koshiro's soul out of the zip Suit, leaving Kaname all alone. Months pass, and the Chairman begins actively recruiting Zipsuit wearers, terrorizing the city with gangs of super-powered fighters in the images of cowboys, Sun Wukong, and even Godzilla. The chairman then reveals that he overwrote Koshiro's soul and placed it into an upgraded Zipman suit called Vice Zipman, before ordering him to kill Sheena. Koname is able to steal Vice Zipman's zipper and reunite with his brother, allowing the two Zipmen to defeat the chairman. Afterwards, Zipman 1 and Zipman 2 get turned into a TV show, Koshiro goes back to being a young Elon Musk, and Kaname sadly becomes a cop. But they at least have a good relationship diving into it though so the main character
0: he dreams of becoming the real jackman you know like a sentai style hero he is the typical strong but dumb and the twist is he has like a villain's face despite him wanting to be heroic besides that is just a very by the books he wants to protect his friends he wants to defend that smile which i think this is the first series i've actually seen use that expression unironically because i know like weebs like to say that in terms of like
2: waifus and stuff what protect the smile yeah i didn't know that
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't either. I Because it felt like it was like referencing something the way they say it. And I was like, I, maybe this is just something I'm not familiar with. They did it a lot, though.
0: That is definitely an expression I have heard before.
1: Okay.
2: He's a really good d- guy. He really wants to help people. But at the same time, it's like uh, he's very flawed in a lot of ways because he is not very smart. But he also really respects people who are into very nerdy things like he is. One thing I appreciate is that he never is like, oh, everyone thinks I'm a monster, so I'll just act like a monster. Do you think
0: that's an element they would have incorporated into him at some point of the series that got long enough? Or do you think that's just not who he is?
1: I think that the sort of like the end run, like after um, Koshiro gets like captured, I feel like they definitely, if they would have had more time, there would have been, that arc seems like it should have been at the end of five years and not uh, starting at episode or at at chapter like 10 or so. Yeah. I also liked uh, Kaname, but I think a lot of it comes from like, he is clearly has an inferiority complex because of his very smart brother who always makes the girl they both both have a crush on smile (laughs) more than than him and Mm -hmm. like there could have been a lot of good stuff that we just never got to see because at chapter six they were told they had 17 chapters to wrap it up you know
0: oh man this series still probably shotguns its plot faster than any other series that we've read soon into the series I mean there's definitely ones that just blitz the last three but this was
2: this was impressive you really do get the sense that they knew relatively early on
1: chapter six they were like hey you're not making it to 18 so like you know do your best
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's an oddly
0: specific thing you're not making it to 18 so you're 17 chapters
2: <laughs> this feels like a summary yeah. of a pre-existing manga that went way longer but they didn't have time to really shove every in there so they just gave you everything but like compressed for time.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I read half of it last night and half of it this morning. This is probably plot stuff that we can I don't know if we should do this during characters so stop me if you want to.
0: That's uh, probably a good point so why don't we <laughs> zip through the uh, characters. But yeah, so Jordan, tell us about Elon Musk.
2: Uh, yeah, so Koshiro Tatara, aka Elon Musk, he is um, the twin brother of Kaname. We jokingly call him Elon Musk because he runs a company called Steel X, you know, like SpaceX. Get it? No, yeah. oh, oh, oh,
0: oh. <laughs> also, full admission, I didn't notice that the first time I read the
2: series and I felt really <laughs> dumb.
1: All I thought about was the movie Real Steel, but I don't think they called anything Steel-X in that either, so I don't know why.
2: So yeah, he's kind of a dick, but his whole thing is that he's like a super genius who makes a bunch of drones and shit, and like, I think he made like a mentally powered wheelchair, that was another one of his inventions. Essentially, what happens is, when Kaname and Koshiro fuse into Zipman, Koshiro is essentially a sentient suit, so he voices Zipman's head, Head, which is like positioned on top of kaname's real head which is in like a glass enclosure it's kind of an interesting kind of design
1: i really like the that like kind of design conceit of it it makes sense like it makes you look more intimidating and uh you don't have to worry about your head being the most vulnerable part of the body
0: it's also literal in that he is the brains and his brother is the brawn
1: yeah, that's very cool.
2: Well, but there's also a more of a metaphorical aspect to it, because like a lot of the things that the uh, the suits do, like they kind of symbolize wearing a different identity or putting on something else. So it's like you are not the head. The head is like a facade. Yeah. And then Jake, why don't you tell us about China, the smile you
0: must protect?
1: Sheena is a cool character that I think gets done the dirtiest with the lack of time in the manga. I got a real Lois Lane vibe. She has, like, a real go-get-em attitude. She will throw down. Like, the first thing we see is her, like, punching a little kid shaped like a Dorito, just absolutely destroying him and being, like, Jackman rules. Like, (laughs) he's jacked. It's kid Wreck-It Ralph. Like, he's (laughs) so weirdly shaped. That's how you
0: know the My Hero Academia with the giant hands.
1: <laughs> I yeah, oh god, I wish I would have realized that when I was going through. I was like there's something about this it seems very familiar and it's like oh you've read a lot of My Hero Academia. <laughs>
0: I mean, he literally worked on it, so you can say he's done more than read My Hero Damien. I I really appreciate that she is not a damsel in distress. I mean, she is in that one scene, but she actually has agency, and she's not useless outside of it. Like, she literally is fighting people in the later half of the series, which is kind of rare in these kind of series. There's a lot of manga we have read that does not respect women, like Guardians of the Witch. What? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right?
1: Guardian of the Witch was so close to doing it, too. Guardian of the Witch got right up to it and was like, actually, never mind.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's just make women suffer.
1: Yeah. I haven't been into manga for super long. I didn't. Um, I stayed away from anime and manga until uh, like 2017.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> Getting your life together.
1: <laughs> well, then I started, you know, watching My Hero Academia, and I was like, oh, I get it now. And uh, you know, it's it's been downhill from there. There's a lot of stuff where they're like, and then there's the girl. And uh, anyway, so even Naruto, like Naruto's like, here's uh, Sasuke and Naruto, and there's so-
0: my favorite girl in Naruto, Sasuke. <laughs>
1: Naruto's a love story, so...
2: <laughs> it's like practically a meme in Naruto circles where you can just piss off Naruto fans by saying Sakura is useless.
1: I just got physically angry about that because she's not, so I get it. But, like, also, <laughs> they don't let her do anything for most of the whole show.
2: That's also kind of the issue I have with Sheena. You could kind of take her out. Yeah. Yeah. She effectively doesn't really do much and primarily exists to be an object of affection between the brothers and exist as like the point of conflict
1: yeah but one of the first things she does is like she finds the zipper which is like the catalyst to, to like the story pretty much and it's like oh cool she can like and in- have her own investigation because like kaname doesn't want her to get involved because it'll put her in danger yeah then the the thing has to end so they just really speed it up and there's like a lit like a time skip and it's like and now she has a bunny suit so like she's cool don't worry about it and then like the last chapter is like brothers you know being friends again and i was like oh i like that you do do Sheena kind of dirty, but that's, you know, that's fine. You didn't have a lot of time.
2: It would have been worse if it did end with some kind of resolution on Sheena's romance, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And you bring up a good point. On one hand, Sheena did get done dirty by, like, just, like, the lack of time, but it is also, like, in the author's defense, he didn't know he was only gonna have 18 chapters when he started writing it. (laughs) Like... That's very
0: fair. So, Chairman uh, Jordan, as you noticed, I gave you the pronunciation. So, Chairman. Uh, Chairman. (laughs) Chairman. Well, he is probably German, so maybe it's (laughs) Chairman. But yeah, he looks like a cat asshole. I like how he's always like giving thumbs up, like sarcastic thumbs up to everyone, and he turns into like this eldritch monstrosity at the end of the series that disregards like all other design conventions, which was really cool. Well, sort of. But he has, like, teeth teeth instead of zipper teeth.
2: It's not a disregard, it's, like, a heightening of it, or, like, an um, elaboration on previous design ideas, which I say because I thought I thought that was so brilliant, the fact that, like, he swapped zipper teeth for actual sharp, terrifying teeth. I was like, oh, that's a great design, I love that!
1: He wrote down three things about chairman Uh, looks like cat is an asshole likes to give thumbs up those are the three things i can also tell you about him like there's a lot of stuff that is implied like we don't know where he comes from we don't know who he is like we don't know anything about why he's doing this or anything at all no time but then there's like this one part where he just has real horrifying teeth and it's like maybe he's something else entirely like maybe there's a lot more going on than we thought and i was like anyway i'll never know so (laughs) see you later chairman
2: (laughs) i have a theory it is different in how well it communicates this in terms of effectiveness but I think most of if not all the suits are supposed to directly correspond to like a specific property in like nerd culture right obviously cutie charm the most obvious one that's sailor Moon yeah and I believe that the chairman is supposed to be Dorimon
1: is that the cat
2: he's a cat robot but he has no ears I looked shortly before we got here but what I do know about Dorimon He's not huge in the West, but I'm pretty sure in Japan, he's like the equivalent to Mickey Mouse. Okay. Kind of imagine the chairman as being something like Mickey Mouse.
1: That makes a lot of sense, because that would be very scary if Mickey, I mean, not to say that Mickey Mouse isn't coming for everyone.
2: (laughs) Oh, of course.
1: Sooner or later, Disney will own everything. But yeah, so, but that would be very scary to be like, hey, I'm Mickey Mouse, by the way, I made a Godzilla that has come to destroy your town.
2: (laughs) I love that shit. And Optimus Prime. (laughs) Oh, fucking Optimus Prime. Here's
1: Optimus Prime right out the gate. It's like sort of Iron Giant, but like, <laughs> but mostly Optimus Prime.
0: Yeah, this is Ready Player One as a manga. <laughs> oh,
1: God. It's better than that. Come on. <laughs> yes, very much so.
0: Even if it's better than Ready Player One, it still has some issues. So why don't we start diving into why it failed? Jake, tell us really, what is something that stood out to you as like something that the series just didn't do particularly well?
1: I think it had a a really uneven, I don't know if uneven world building or setup is like exactly what I'm trying to say, but I feel like the, the, the first part of it is like really touch and go on how well things are put in place. It's mostly on the writing, to be fair, but...
2: I would say thin world building. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. It's confusing. It tries to be um, exaggerated with the things that it says. Like, obviously, it's supposed to be, like, kind of a comical hyperbole that this 17-year-old is, like, running Steel X, like, the world's, like, huge thing, but it does kind of make it so that you don't really know where the baseline is. They say there's like super technology, but we never really see
0: it. And then they kind of do some reverse world building where after the time skip, they like are like, oh, here's all these new things. Here's something that would make the setting really interesting. Why didn't you just have these cool robots from the start?
1: There's a point where they're like also it's kind of Mega Man now you know instead of Robot Masters it's just these big zip suits but like that could have been day one stuff and I feel like it would have helped the series out a lot Be- especially like the whole like Jackman is a TV show they don't say the name Zip Man until the end of the fourth chapter like <laughs> which I will remind you is about a quarter of the entire series length. Yeah.
0: I had that in my notes, how it's absolutely ridiculous that the character doesn't use that name in the first chapter. So the first four chapters, they're using technically copyright infringement. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, you know, I got my superpowers and I saved someone. They're like, who are you? And I just look at my thumbs up and go, I'm Batman.
2: <laughs> I am Hugh Jackman. <laughs> oh god it's
1: so weird and i feel like just that alone kind of sets the tone for like no one's really sure what to make of this whole thing because you don't even know what to call your character yet it seems like there's also like a like a lot of the stuff i mean i'm looking at your notes uh koshiro's death is very weird like it's like he's dead and then we had a funeral and he's not dead he's actually in like a little puppy fursuit sort of thing and then now he his body's actually on ice don't worry about it we will literally never come back to that (laughs) until the very end.
0: Just go full force and say, fuck it. Yeah, he died. Yeah. And now he's stuck as a robot because that would have been such an interesting twist. But now he has an easy, easy escape button where there's not this am I what am I now? Because eventually he'll get his body back.
1: It's so weird. It's
2: also just like, would you really have questioned it, it at the end? Koshira was like, yeah, I use my super genius powers to make a new body.
1: Yeah, everyone would be like, sure, you've made a lot of those, so, like, we're on board.
2: It definitely does kind of lower uh, the stakes of actually having the funeral and cremation of a fake body, which is like, how did you miss that, guys?
1: (laughs) That fooled his entire family? They were like, this is definitely a real human dead body of our loved one. Anyway, uh, put him in the furnace.
2: Did he just get, like, a random other dead body and (sighs) fucking give it plastic surgery or some shit, like?
0: They probably just made like a mannequin or something. It's not that hard to make a fake dead body. I'll take no further questions on that topic. But... <laughs> That's fair. i and tap in and say, oh, don't forget how Kishiro's assistants are completely pointless characters. Completely. One of the characters isn't named in the series.
1: I was going to ask. I know that the guy was named. I didn't catch the woman's and I did read it yesterday and this morning. and So she just doesn't get a name.
0: I actually had the inverse where the woman has a name, but I could not find the male's assistant's name. If you read the volume releases, they give profiles so you find out. The profile stuff in it is also really dumb where it was like for her. They're like, here are her favorite times. She likes, pretty much she just says she likes the time she doesn't spend working. Like, wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Your favorite time of day is when you're
2: before and after work (laughs) in lunch break. Whoa, Hey, big relate. I totally get it. Jake, you mentioned uh, the world building. There is this real sense that, uh, whenever Koname and Koshiro are, like, not on screen, it almost feels like nothing else exists. Yeah. The places they're at are just very undefined. Even just in terms of the structures where they are, it's very much like, um, they exist to be the rooms where these characters are in.
1: And there's even a part at the end where they're like, oh, the bad guy's at SpaceX. And I was like, are, are you not also there? SpaceX? Steel X. <laughs> like, I thought you were there. How can they be there too unless they're above you? And it's like, oh, no, you're not there. Where are you? Doesn't matter. You're just where you need to be for the manga right now.
0: That was the biggest thing I noticed, is that the characters actually have no capacity to progress the plot unless things happen to them. Like, yeah. what would have happened to Zipman if the robot guys hadn't done that weird school kidnapping thing?
2: You mean where they turned a high school into Dr. Wily's
0: castle? Yeah, <laughs> if they hadn't done that, what was going to happen next in this story?
2: Yeah, probably nothing.
1: They would <laughs> wait around until someone did turn a, t- till a Zip suit started to shut up.
0: It's like a video game where you gotta wait till you trigger the AI.
2: I mean, hey, this is enough plot for a Mega Man game. <laughs>
0: This should have been a video game, which I actually think I said in the first time we looked at this. <laughs> I do think so, too. This has a cool video
2: game mechanic.
1: I agree. The way he, like, gets upgrades based on his past, like, fights, like, that's Mega Man as hell, and that would be real fun to play.
2: Yeah, it goes out of its way to draw these comparisons to specific video games, too. Like, this is not an accident that we're pointing it to these video games.
1: I also think another, like, big thing that, like, would have helped a lot, a lot of the bad guys are based on in-universe properties of, like, you know, TV shows and stuff. I feel like if they would have mentioned that once or twice more, or really, like, kind of set it up in a way, because after, like, the Cutie Charm arc, it, it doesn't matter until, like, Sun Wukong shows up, and I'm familiar with that from, you know, being alive and having heard of Sun Wukong, but, like, other than that, I'm like, oh, you know, this is okay.
2: Godzilla, hey, hey.
1: I thought Godzilla was just a big T-Rex for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> They could have just done a little bit more to, like, let me know that's what the bad guy's plan was. But then again, the plot just becomes like, ooh, copyright infringement is bad, actually.
2: They just straight up have Optimus Prime in the series. I'm sure that would (laughs) have been fine. Here's the thing, because I was, like, watching, like, a fucking hawk for Optimus Prime this time. I was like, where the fuck is Optimus Prime in here? (laughs) There is one image depicting like a bunch of uh, characters that we know. It has Optimus Prime, a T-Rex, a giant baby, and then like, is that Shiva in the background? Maybe. But basically my current theory is that the enemies who show up represent those things. Yeah. I'm going purely based on what I think the author was intending to do and not what the author successfully did. (laughs) Right. The enemy who has like the firehead and The sword, I'm pretty sure that is supposed to represent Optimus Prime because he has like a face shield that covers the bottom half of his mouth, which then disappears, and then he has a mouth like Optimus Primal from Beast Wars. Right. Then he pulls out the Autobot Matrix of Leadership (laughs) and uses that to suck out.
0: Big suck. (laughs) He literally sucked the soul out of him. (laughs) Yes! Yeah. Just on that note, I'm actually surprised I never noticed this before that there's a very blatant King of Hearts reference. Is there? chairman's like sitting in a throne room menacingly and he's surrounded by four people wearing the exact same organization 13 cloaks
1: how did i not notice that
0: oh it's like not even subtle it's literally the
2: organization <laughs> 13 cloaks oh i think i know what you're talking about yeah
1: i don't know how i walked right by that i do a whole podcast about it
0: jake's like i fucked up
1: <laughs> i can't believe i did this i'm <laughs> embarrassed myself i embarrassed the company
0: do you want to record new audio and you're the one that tells us about the kingdom <laughs> Hearts reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: they have magic coats that are actually a million years old, it turns out. Like, it's, you know, the coats are are really weird. But anyway, yeah, we can move on from Kingdom yeah. Hearts.
0: <laughs> so the last negative I just want to bring up, though, is speaking of villains, they're all so insanely flat. Yeah. They are more obstacles than characters. Yeah, they're video game villains. Yeah. They exist so you can invite them. Like, the big booby lady, she's just a heavily sexualized person,
2: and that's it.
1: Yeah. She's like Devil Woman from Digimon. Like, that's all she really is. <laughs>
2: Excuse me, you mean Lady Devimon?
1: Lady Devimon, yes, it's <laughs> Angela Womon and Lady Devimon. It's been it's been a while.
2: Please, I know, I know a lot about the <laughs> Digimon Adventure. Uh, <laughs>
1: I I I really liked the um the Cutie Charm.
0: That's the only villain that had any like depth to it. Yeah,
1: there's like a really easy answer to like that whole thing, and it's like, sweetie, you are trans.
0: Yes, yes. They
1: walk right up to it and they're like, Oh, this is a manga. We can't actually say that. But like in the text I'm like, You're you'll figure it out. I have faith in you.
0: Can you imagine, like, this manga was the same, except it just had, like, a big trans rights component to it? That would be so great. <laughs> it was just the most woke manga in Shonen Jump as Zipman.
1: Here's the thing.
2: It almost does. It almost does. Yeah. Like, one of the things that, um, the chairman keeps saying is, oh, the Zip suits, they allow you to be who you want to be. Yeah. And Kaname's whole thing is that he is a hero, but he, everybody just immediately perceives him as a villain. And so the idea of, like, oh, I like girly things, but everyone perceives me as a boy that fits right in there Zipman says trans rights yeah this
0: uh this kind of reminds me of blue period where that is another series that's very like trans rights but then he sexualizes all of the cis women so they have like huge dump truck asses <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to go into what it did well since we're talking about things we like yeah sure absolutely jake give us uh, another double feature of you leading the way with the contrast of what did you like about this series
2: you take what the fuck did you like about this series
1: the art is really good. They're, like, especially, like, it, and, like, this sucks, like, the last couple chapters when they're doing, like, really weird shit with zippers and, like, everything makes sense even though it is very weird. Like, moi, couldn't do better. Like, it's so good. Also, I really like the, and I don't know I ragged on the world building earlier, but I like a lot of the implied world building about the actual things. Like, it's 3D printing technology, but, like, up to 11, basically.
2: I loved that. Like, a character just pulls out a giant sword out of, like, you know, the joke of you know hammer space, but then they're just like, yeah, it's actually just a super powered 3D printer, and I was like, you know what? I buy that.
1: Yeah, that's
2: allowed. That's allowed.
1: I also really like they kind of bookend. Well, I mean, it, it, again, it's like chapter four when they come up with the name Zip Man, so it's not exactly a bookend, but there's that, and then at the end, the whole like. A zipper is two things coming together, which is dumb, yes, but it like it's correct and it I think it worked really well.
2: I also really liked how it showed the actual physical panels zipping them up. Yeah. The author is fantastic at design. There's a, a very consistent identity with all of the overarching things. I'm taking a course on UX design, so I know all this shit now. <laughs> it's just really good. He has a very powerful grasp on um how to show this design and like when to stop kind Kind
1: of the way they frame it is a lot like in haiku. I'm a huge haiku fan.
2: Oh, I, I just started reading that.
1: It's so good. I'm reading it for the third time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All the kids are so good that it did not flop. It was very successful. <laughs> yeah, but like volleyball is the most important thing in that world, but in like a regular way. And that like these are kids, and the most important thing in their life is this sport.
0: Dude, no one's robbing a bank, kidding people, with volleyball.
1: Yeah, no one's determining who the president is by volleyball.
0: That sounds pretty great, though.
1: It still makes sense for the thing. And I like that about this is that it's like aesthetic of this and it is zippers. And then they he makes it work on literally every level as far as I'm concerned, like the design of the actual panels, Sometimes they zip up the character design. The, like Zipper's actual function in the real world and like how that translates to this is like, it's really, really solid.
2: The actual zipper thing, you'd think, oh, that's very narrow. Like, what can you really do with that? Because the design um, pattern is very specific, but he gets so much mileage out of it. He really does. I mean, zippers are just cool. Yeah. Like every single uh, uh, zip suit in the manga, on one hand, they all share a lot of very similar design, but they all look very different and very distinct. I also just think he was very clever in a lot of the little things that he did. Like, I really liked how, um, Zipman Vice, like, the version of Zipman that is just Koshiro, I really liked how, um, his ears were slightly different. They were slightly more cat-like to represent the fact that he was made by the chairman who looked like Koshiro looked when Kaname was not in the Zipman suit except as a cat.
0: Oh, that's a really cool touch. There's just a lot of little good touches in there my last positive that I don't think we've talked about before was I wanted to specifically highlight how strong our first chapter I thought the series had. It really hit all the bases. It set up the world, set up the character, set up the overarching plot in a way that a lot of other manga we have read have struggled. Like, we just read Chojin X, which is a new series by the creator of Tokyo Ghoul, and that series did almost none of the groundwork necessary for people to really understand and get excited about the series.
1: So when I heard about it, it was labeled as Tokyo Ghoul Chojin X, and I was like, I haven't read the other one, so I'm not going to jump into this new (laughs) manga.
0: I didn't like it very much. Yeah, Spoilers.
1: I check out a lot of new series. I've read some garbage, but like, uh, I'm really into Blue Box right now.
0: Oh, man, I heard that's good, but it's a little too sports. There's there's only two sports manga I've ever read to completion. One was Slam Dunk, and then the other one was Eyeshield 21, which is barely a sports manga, by the artist of One Punch
2: Man and the writer of Dr. Stone.
1: I should check that out.
2: <laughs> like, no joke without, like, any exaggeration. It's, like, one of the best manga ever. It's really fucking good. Except for the last arc, the last arc's not so hot. That was a contractual obligation. <laughs> the series
0: functionally ends, and then Sean Jump like, "Hey, we need you to like keep running for like another year." Oh no! <laughs> it's very clear where he intended the series to end. Okay. It's like the thriller Bark of I feel Twenty-One <laughs> okay. is the last arc. Ah. <laughs> uh, but I think we are getting a little off topic since we're talking dangerously. We're talking da- a dangerously high amount of sports. <laughs> but I will say, you should read Beast Children. That's absolutely an essential <laughs> read for you.
1: I will check it out. I know that one's done already, so...
2: <laughs> it's done!
0: <laughs> Probably the second worst thing we ever read in terms of critical acclaim.
2: But we love it, is the difference. <laughs> it's the Plan 9 of
0: Outer Space of Shonen Jump Mega. Okay. Shifting gears, why don't we go into where it could have gone, because this series, unlike Beast Children, definitely had some potential that just <laughs> didn't get utilized. Yeah. I will say, let's just put ask her to say probably a lot of this, just ignore the huge time skip because that just kind of breaks a lot of things that the series would have done and clearly would not have done if it didn't. My thought is I really would have liked if this series was kind of like the Slumdog Millionaire of action manga because he kept having like flashbacks that explain how he knows things and I think it would have been really funny if they kept pressing on that, like how he's like oh, of course I know how to catch a sword. I used to try catching swords all the time to impress China and I think that was a really fun element that could have been utilized where he just gets like these crazy exploits. Explanations that explain how he knows how to deal with certain enemy attacks. <laughs>
1: That would have been really fun because that, that part and the like in the, the cutie charm fight where he's like, I know all about cutie charm, it's on right after Jackman. So, like, I watch it every week. Oh my god, that ruled. <laughs> that is maybe the most like true to life thing I've ever read in a manga because, like, as a kid, that's why I watched about half of the shows I watch is because they were on after the show I wanted to watch or before the show I wanted to watch. Oh god, same. You just watch a lot of stuff by osmosis. Like, I would have never watched Eek the Cat if it wasn't on before Power Rangers. Like, doing that stuff. A lot more would have been really cool, especially because then it would have made uh the whole like these are all properties from this world. It would have made that land a lot better, and I think that would have helped out a lot of the confusion it has later on.
2: That's a very good point. I think like the strongest part of Kaname's um character is that he's a big fucking nerd. Yeah. Like in a way that you don't usually see, because he's not a stereotypical nerd. Like his brother's the one who looks like the guy you think of as a nerd, but Kaname is the real nerd.
0: Yeah best brother just fucking reads, watches sports unironically.
2: (laughs) I loved the part where Kaname was trying to relate to this other awkward high school girl who I think does nothing in the series and that- To this day, I don't understand that part.
1: I have to imagine she was supposed to be a red herring, but then they just jumped ahead six months right afterwards, so it didn't really matter.
0: Well, he's hit a scripted event where the school got taken over, so that entire part didn't matter. Yeah. But it was a cool idea of how, like, his brother is very socially awkward, and, like, since his other brother is functionally not a person anymore... He can't do any of the legwork that the main character can.
1: But also in that same thing, like, that girl says, like, oh, you just seem like a real weirdo because you have these scars on your face and you're very earnest and that comes off as weird a lot of time. But, like, if people got to know you, like, you'd be super popular. Everyone would like you. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Here's a little character aside. If people just got to know him, it's not necessarily a him problem. It's just, like, he comes off a little strong.
2: And that's the thing. It really is an economy problem. And you'd think that would make his character, like, worse, but I actually... Actually, really like it if you actually examine what he does he's an incredibly nice guy yeah we didn't even mention that his brother calls him devil gorilla because he just looks like a demon
0: they really like using gorillas as nicknames <laughs> except for robot laser beam which oh man that was a big yikes oh yeah Jake for reference they they call a black man a gorilla nickname including drawing him as like a King Kong monster facing off against the main character
2: it's real bad Wait, 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 David, real quick. Uh, Jake, what do you think robot laser beams about?
1: I have to assume about a robot that maybe can shoot a laser beam.
0: Nope, there's nothing science fiction about the
1: series. That's what about, like, tennis or something, right? Golf. Golf, okay. I, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I've <laughs> seen the cover of it at some point. Yeah, that's weird.
2: <laughs> he's called Robot because he's autistic, by the way.
1: Great, great call. Good job, mm-hmm. everyone involved with that decision. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: The laser is that he can shoot a golf ball really straight. As a 19-year-old, he has to worry about having physical stamina while playing golf.
1: The one where you just walk? <laughs> yes. Okay, well... <laughs>
0: He has to train himself to walk up to potentially three miles in a single golf game over the course of four
1: hours.
2: One of the only sports he can play into old age because it requires such, uh, yeah. such little physical exertion
1: it seems like maybe this uh that that particular manga was um built on a bed of sand
0: <laughs> it was one of the better series we read for the first half and then shit itself in the later half but anyway speaking of later half so what else do you guys have as thoughts of where you really would have thought Sitman man would have gone had the series not met its untimely end
1: i actually really like the end run oh my brother's been taken away from me and then like it turns out he's been put in this like evil version of what i can do and so like all i can really rely on is my brute strength right now and I don't have like my other half because he's like a weird firestorm kind of analog it takes two people to make a good zip man I guess
0: oh ah! it takes two halves to make a zipper (laughs) you can't
1: zip one half of a zipper that doesn't make any sense yeah um unless you fold it in on itself and then it might work but i don't know i'm not a zipper doctor so the i didn't know that was a role someone's got to be but that whole like end run like i think really worked and it would have been really nice to see it play out over i don't know 10 12 issues not you know six that they had to do really quick (laughs) yeah for sure especially because like once you get to the end and you're like oh the chairman turns out is some eldritch abomination that can do whatever it wants with zippers Mm -hmm. like man i would have liked a little bit more to get that so i think going into what the chairman the chairman actually is uh would have been very cool
0: they definitely would have fought aliens at some point oh for
1: sure yeah
2: chairman might have been an alien
0: that's yeah, true actually they're button based <laughs> <laughs> in the first uh of this i talked about ziploc actually sounds like a really cool name if you don't know what ziploc is yeah that would be dope <laughs>
1: It
2: feels like almost obvious that we would have gotten the backstory for these uh, uh, zip suits that Zipman fights in there. But we more than that, we would have also gotten longer fights. Given the fact that things had to be compressed, I think the author did a good job at this. But he still has like a bunch of fights that last maybe a page. There's no fight with real
0: substance to it. It's all literally like, oh. Here's my tech. Oh, I survived your tech. And then here's how I defeat you.
1: The sexy lady fight is just like, she has a big 3D printer. I'm going to need that. The dragon literally is killed off screen. Uh, (laughs) Like
2: (laughs) That ruled. ruled. (laughs) Like in a Dragon Ball Z movie fight where it's just like, oh, these three dudes, they look scary. Goku just killed them in like five seconds. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You can have that once in a
0: while as a treat. My last note was what could have gone is they never talk about the fact that he has parents. And the fact that he knows his brother is still alive, (laughs) it would have been cool for him to like actually have to decide, do I tell my parents about this, which means you have to tell them about the whole Zipman thing, which adds more issues and just dealing with the situation of like, yeah, because that's just a really strong, interesting element that written, right, could have added a lot of depth to the situation that we just don't even know if this dude's like if they're orphans or what.
1: Yeah,
2: something that we talk about a lot on here is that some of the best moments in action anime and manga is the downtime. I just went through a rewatch of Hunter x Hunter, which, you know, that's fucking amazing. But the thing about it is that, like, most of that series is not fighting. And same with, it's Shonen Flop, so Chainsaw Man. (laughs) A lot of that series is just... It's just talking. There's a lot of downtime. This series doesn't have, like, enough characters to do downtime. It really struggles whenever there's downtime. Yeah,
0: because the characters have no sense of agency, so you can't tell when they're having downtime or not. They can't
2: do anything to advance the plot anyway. Right, yeah. (laughs) If Kaname had, like, a mom that he had to go home to, and you would see his mom, and he would just just have him interact with people besides just his brother. See what he's like outside of Koshiro. Like, there's a woman who's working with Koshiro, who's kind of like his secretary, but she's, like, too cool to be, like, a secretary. And she says, like, um, oh, you always talk about your brother when he's not around or something. And it's like, I would have liked to have seen something like that, you know? Show me them interacting with other people without them there yeah this series
0: definitely I think had a lot of really cool potential of where it could have gone but now let's turn it to the miscellaneous spots where I think we've gotten a lot of the pop culture references out of the way but maybe there's still a few that we could talk about who knows so, Jordan, what was the first miscellaneous thought? Let me guess. It's about Optimus Prime, even though we already talked about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a problem. A lot of my miscellaneous thoughts I accidentally already talked about.
0: Yeah, I shot my Kingdom Hearts reference load already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still think to this day the cleverest thing the series ever did, and I still don't know if this was the translation or not, is when they're deciding what to name him, they suggest Fly Man. And I thought that was the most clever shit.
1: Like a zipper fly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other big reference was... Before uh, Koshiro, no one had ever won both the Nobel Peace Prize in peace and in chemistry. And I was like, that's interesting. And I looked it up, and that is actually not true. There have (laughs) been two people in history that have ever won Nobel Peace Prizes in two different categories, and that combination actually has happened. Linus Pauling was one of two people that have won Nobel Peace Prizes in two different categories.
2: Wow, congratulations.
1: Nice. He
0: died uh, 25 years ago, but we'll let his estate know. Yeah. (laughs) If you guys want to know, the other one, and this isn't very surprising, was Mary Curry, where she won it for physics and chemistry.
2: Of course, yeah.
1: I thought it was weird that he won a Nobel Peace Prize in chemistry when he's clearly an engineer. I don't know if those are, like, categories that you group together when giving out Nobel Prizes.
2: Yeah, physics seems more reasonable.
1: But I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, he's also, like, 17, so, like, whatever.
2: He won the Nobel Prize. Prize for being smart, <laughs> bigly smart man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the only other like kind of missed thoughts I have is that um during my reread um I think chapter six is when the dragon guard the like turned the castle into a Mega Man game. Yeah. Yeah. I could have sworn that was like the whole end. I thought like he got to the top and then all the uh, Zipman Vice stuff happened because I forgot like the the other little bit. But I right. thought it was like I was like oh chapter six we are starting the end game and I was like that's weird. <laughs> but then it there's a little bit more to it. But it's still. You know, yeah. just weird how that stuck out more than anything else.
2: It kind of should have been, is the thing.
1: It feels like it. You know, you go up a tower, you know, to get the princess. It makes sense.
2: Like the time skip is kind of totally unnecessary.
1: The page before the time skip, like the, the chapter ends on him like running away from saving Sheena. And then the next chapter starts with Sheena going, so I know about what happened. <laughs> I know all the stuff going on. And I was like, okay, what? I guess we've moved forward in time then.
2: Yeah, that time skip is actually bizarre because, like, Sheena shows up again and she has, like, a robot bunny biting suit thing. And it's sort of implied that all these characters had character development. Yeah. It implies that we're aware of it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it just doesn't bother.
1: The other assistant guy, whose name I think is, like, Hanemi or something like that. Yeah. He has the, the Iron Giant suit from the first chapter. But he just has that. And he's like, we're going to be with you. And I was like, was that a concern that I had before? (laughs) I guess. I don't know.
2: And then they don't really
0: do anything to help.
1: Yeah, because they're like, you need to go finish the the manga. We're gonna stay here, so you don't have to worry about the riffraff.
2: It briefly does turn into Kill a Kill, where it has like these don't lose your way giant monsters made out of pieces of clothing that kidnap people. Kidnap people. Yes, that's it's right out of Kill a Kill, which I have to look at. When did Kill a Kill come out around the time this Hitman did?
0: No, Kill a Kill came out in like two thousand eight.
1: Yeah, it's way older than that. Yeah, <laughs> or in like
0: 2014. like I was in college when it came out.
2: When did Zitman come out?
0: 2020. Oh. Jordan, I said it at the start of the show, bro. Pay freaking
2: attention. <laughs> right. Why didn't I remember it? Okay.
1: I got one last thing and it's uh, it's just a little detail that I thought was fun. Uh in the one of the very last pages of the last chapter, Koshiro's being like interviewed. He's doing like a press conference, and they're like, Hey, a lot of people have the zip suits now. We've basically made this society zip suit society, and like we see like a traffic crossing guard in one that I'm assuming is like bright orange if it was colored and like we see like a couple others like delivery people and stuff, and I was like, Okay, I see where like this they wanted this world to end, but then they're like, But also people are still using them for crimes and stuff how can you like trust them if people can use them for bad things and he's like well because people can also use them for good things and then they call the zip police uh, unit yep. which on the one hand bummer that Kaname just becomes a cop but also the good thing about fictional cops is that they can be good people very true so there's three people on the zip police unit there's Kaname in the beginning which I didn't really notice the first time I didn't I was like, is it just like some other guys in charge of Zip Police? And I was like, that's okay. But no, it's it's Kaname. Next to that is uh, Cutie Charm. Uh, Cutie Charm is one of the Zip Police.
2: I did not notice that. I did not notice that at all.
1: I think on the other side is Optimus Prime guy. Whoa. But I'm not sure. Clearly one of them is is uh, Cutie Charm. And I was like, hell yeah, I get it, girl.
2: Because, like, on one hand, I actually really like that subtlety and stuff, because, like, for repeated readings, it means that each time I read it, I do see something new. Right, right. It does kind of damage the first initial. Yeah. I completely missed that that was Kahneman as a police officer. But, like, now that I'm reading it and I'm looking at how it is laid out, yes, just through composition, the author communicates that. Yeah. But I just didn't get it at all the first time. I remember being confused. What is this police for? Doing here. And what is Kaname doing?
1: The way it cuts is like it's almost like an inset panel like it's just like here's the zip police it seems like this will not be super important but then the next page is Kaname wearing the same outfit from you know that you see from the back and you're like oh okay that's him like okay this makes sense now but it just it was like really subtle (laughs) a little too subtle
2: (laughs) well yeah because you're right because it shows it shows him from the back in the previous panel where it says the word police and that's what you focus on but in the next one which is literally the last panel of the entire series it has Kaname wearing an outfit that if you compare is clearly the same outfit as the guy in the previous shot with the police thing but like you you don't see it from the same angle so it doesn't immediately read as that Mm -hmm. yeah from one perspective i really like that but from another perspective it makes it hard to
0: follow i mean it's also a nod to the the uh one shot which was about police
2: oh
1: okay that makes sense
2: and also, for what it's worth, every panel or every box you put in a panel to have exposition is covering up a bit of the art. So, yeah, I think maybe the artist was very aware of that. And so was like, OK, I'm going to try and minimize the words as much as possible because I really just want to focus on the art. Right. Totally get why you would do that. That is absolutely what he's strongest at. No question.
0: Oh, my last thing is I wanted to point out something that Tucker told me is their last name translates to Iron Spear. So I thought it was really cool that they use a lot of javelins, which probably spear and javelin might translate. So I just thought that was another really cute touch that that became like one of his main weapons. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And then uh, you can learn more details like this when uh, Tucker's Flop Guide on Zipman comes out. But uh, unfortunately, that is not what we're talking about right now because we are shifting to the final verdict. Jake, take it away. I know you've written two, and I'd love to hear them both for your six word summary.
1: This is more of a pitch than a verdict. Okay. Fursuit common Rider with 3D printing.
0: I like it. And what's your second one?
1: Man, they really canceled this quick, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Day yeah. one I already knew it was yeah. getting canceled. Mine is, I don't know if you guys do improv at all, but mine was lot of zip, lot of zap, no zop. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, I was actually really proud of that one. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. It's good. Oh, well, thank you. And then how about you, Jordan?
2: Easy, breezy, beautiful, zip man, yes.
0: Oh, that's oh man! Everybody brought their A game today. I love it.
2: It's just a quick read. It's easy, and it looks beautiful.
0: And then Jake, do you consider this a flop or not?
1: I do. There's a lot of factors that go against it that are like outside of the the actual manga's control. But I think it sort of falls apart. (laughs) It's still fun. I I still enjoyed it. It wasn't like a chore rereading it. Like probably reading Guardian of the Witch again (laughs) might have been.
2: Oh god! Don't do that! Don't do that, Jordan. Imagine if we had to reread Beachy. Uh...
1: I don't even know what that is.
2: (laughs) But is a series where we looked at it and we were like, oh, cool, 20 chapters, easy. Well, what we didn't realize is that each chapter was double length the normal.
1: Yikes. (laughs) I still think that, like, overall, I think it is still a flop, which is unfortunate because I think it has a lot of potential and it could have had, like, a really long tail if it would have set up a little er earlier and uh, been a little clearer with some of its intentions and then obviously if people read it, (laughs) because I guess not a lot of people did.
2: Okay, and how about you, Jordan? It is still a flop. I will say I I really enjoy this series in a lot of ways. I just don't think it does enough good. It's not that it does anything bad. It's just like it drops the ball in a lot of ways. I think there is a lot to love with it. I definitely enjoy reading it, but it is extremely flawed. still a flop. I completely agree. I would say it's a flop,
0: not a certified flop, which didn't exist at the time.
2: I will say I like this more than I thought, than I remembered liking it.
0: This definitely is a lot better than a lot of things we've read. Like, I think this wasn't in the top 10, but it certainly wasn't in the dredge section when we did our ranking in the chibi. Yeah. And so since we all thought it was a flop, what would you guys say people should check out instead of reading Zipman? For me, I would say in honor of everything going on, read Berserk. If you really want some beautiful art, some crazy action and giant swords, now is like definitely the time to read it now that the series unfortunately won't be finished. It's really a good time to read it and just really understand why everyone is so upset by the death of the author.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I uh have been planning on getting into it for a while and then this happened and I was like, all right, probably ought to, for real do it. I would say check out Mission Yosakura family, which I think is like extremely good. They're in like the end game right now, it's like eighty something chapters in. Oh really? It definitely feels like they are they are not like winding down but like wrapping up. It's like the a big climax is mm-hmm. happening right now. It's very cool. I would suggest people check that out.
0: I like it. And then what's your recommendation, Jordan?
2: Uh my recommendation would actually be to play Mega Man X.
1: That's a good one. That's a yeah. really good one.
2: Excellent game. <laughs> That's what Zipman r- makes me think of. Not unintentionally so.
1: Man, I wish Boomer Kawanger would have showed up. <laughs> I think they would have lasted a lot longer if they could have just put one Boomer Kawanger in here.
0: Oh, uh, he would have been called Zoomer Kawanger. <laughs> okay, Boomer Kawanger. <laughs> he would have recorded TikToks during your fight.
1: <laughs> that would be so good.
0: <laughs> Let's wrap this bad boy up. So you guys ready to go to shoutouts? Props to Jordan for making the opening ending theme and being a great co-host. Props to Shannon for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Illuminati. And Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Also, no, for the record, Shannon has still not told me how to credit her in these episodes, but I didn't want to read the emojis she sent me. So this is what we're going to go with until otherwise. Uh, Jake, you can listen to our high school family if you want to hear the story behind the very interesting message I got sent when I asked Shannon how she wanted to be credited. It's more a code than anything, (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) But yeah, she's absolutely fantastic. Definitely one of the best arts we've ever had for the cover art of High School Family. I also want to thank Tucker for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Be sure to check out Shonen Flop Guide in the companion series, which goes into further detail on each of the series we cover here on Shonen Flop and which comes out two days after this episode episode's release. I also want to thank Miriam, Nicole, and Adi for helping with social media. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join the Shonen Flop Discord. Come hang out with us and talk about anime, games, or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a book club and do regular movie nights. You can find a link to it in our link tree in our bio. And a reminder, if you've been enjoying the show, please like, rate, review, and share it. It really helps us a ton. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And then finally, I really want to thank you, Jake, for taking the time to being on the show and where can they find you i had
1: a ton of fun so so thank you for having me oh you can find me on twitter at jj underscore mason i have a lot of podcasts so i'm trying to get through these really quick there is the Morphin grill which is an episode by episode recap of uh, power rangers we are about to start you said this comes out next monday so in a week or two we will be starting up power rangers spd great time to jump on is always at the start of a new season
2: is that the one where they get where they make a bunch of meta jokes
1: that i think is rpm i haven't seen it so i don't know but i think uh, spd is the one where they're cops so like yeah
0: <laughs> fucking cops
1: But again if they they they're fictional so they can't be good
0: <laughs> <So. laughs> They're good fictional cops
1: it's like an audio walkthrough of the Pokemon world. Uh, we're in Hoenn uh, right now. There is Pokemon World Tour United, which is an actual play podcast uh, set in the world of Pokemon. It's very fun. What else do I do? A cool Kids Table, which is a actual play podcast where we play a bunch of games wrong. There is Kingdom Smarts, where Shannon Maynard has 30 minutes at a time to explain as much about Kingdom Hearts to me as she can. Um, and I knew nothing about the show going in. And mostly I just get very attached to these kids that I can't protect because they just need a nice day. Then there is uh, Spectre, which is a James Bond uh, movie watch podcast. Ooh. Think that's it. Oh, and hard reboot where we, uh, me, my friend Alan, my friend Matt take public domain properties and reboot them. So that is everything. So Jake, yes,
2: I actually have another podcast besides this, and you, a- you actually inspired it. Oh, I did. Some episode of Morphin Grid where somebody sent in, like, a a letter, and they asked you about a show called Vampires.
1: Uh, Yeah, a show that does not exist, because it cannot. It absolutely cannot exist. There's no way Gary Oldman would do a show on Fox Kids.
2: Mm, Well, it wasn't on Fox Kids, it was UPN, is the thing.
1: That's even less likely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what if I told you that the music was done by John Whistle of The Who?
1: This sounds fake. This sounds like a thing that someone made up and then they couldn't, they got too deep in and they had to keep making up new stuff for it.
2: Thing is, I host a podcast called Mission Ignition about (laughs) vampires, because if you watch it, it's not going to make you think it's any more real. There's really no way to accurately describe it in a way that makes it sound real. (laughs) So yeah. I'm in the process of editing episode four. This is after an over year long hiatus where I have become fully convinced that that is 100% Gary Oldman and nobody can change my <laughs> mind. So that's good. Check that out soon. And I would also like to thank David for doing all the editing. Does a great job, man.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's a lot of fun. And then I just want to give some general shout outs. So the first one is to the weekly cooldown. I want to give a shout out to Kami Jace, absolutely terrific guest on the Guardian of the Witch show. He's been doing the show for a long time. He really helped us when we were getting started. So I really want to give a shout out to ROG for our one year anniversary. You can find his show at weeklycooldown.com. That's WKcooldown.com. I also want to give a shout out to Below the Line, not a podcast, but this is actually a newsletter. And so this is my friend, Kevin LeBuzz. He's a coworker of mine, soon to be leaving indeed, sadly, but he was fantastic. And he writes kind of like a business newsletter where he does a lot of analytics into like the markets and stuff. And he's actually given me a lot of good advice of how to market our show. So I want to give him a big shout out and I wish him the best at his next job. And then I'm just going to play some promos here. Do you like someone that goes from topic to topic and tries to think of interesting things to say? Well, look no further than the Chaotic Neutral podcast, where I, your host,
2: have on solo episodes and collabs like with podcasters and have fun while I do it. I like to talk about things from cats to drinking two quarts of apple
0: juice <laughs> from just cause. And if you are interested in my podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at Neutral. Neutral pod, and Instagram at chaotic neutral pod. Hey listeners, this is Xanarith from Feyruin: The Untold Story. We are currently in our first arc as both parties one and two deal with the impending dragon war between Bahamut and Tiamat. To listen in, make sure to check us out on Patreon.com forward slash Feyruin. That is F-E-Y-R-U-I-N. You can also find our Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram by searching Feyruin LLC. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been David. This has been Jordan.
1: This has been Jake.
0: And you've been listening to Shonen Flop.
2: Keep on flopping, floppers.